hello, Courier Nation. Welcome to the Deliver on Your Business podcast, where you are the boss. Each week, we talk about how to make the most of your business as an independent contractor, as a courier delivering for gig economy apps like Grubhub, DoorDash, Postmates, Uber Eats, and so many others. So, Courier Nation, Amos and Obadiah walk into a bar. Okay, if you read the title, it was a tale of two prophets, but I think it's at prophets with an F, not PH. So, sorry about that. Lame joke. Folks, we are uh, into October already, and can you believe that? Uh, personally, I think it's kind of the best of times. I love the fall weather. There's something about that crisp, cool weather, and then there's football season. But it's hard to believe it's already halfway through that already. You know, and we're getting into the World Series now, and there's basketball and hockey just getting ready to wind up. And so if you're a sports fan, that's great. If you're not a sports fan, you might be thinking, eh, meh. But here's the big one. It's starting to get busy out there, folks. Uh, And a lot of markets is getting to get uh, really busy, and it's a good time to make some money. And as we get into October, there is that elephant in the room, because it's time to start thinking about taxes. Now, before I say another word about taxes or any of that, Understand this, folks. I'm not a tax pro, okay? I'm not going to give you any kind of individual tax advice. And if you don't understand taxes well enough yourself, you really need to get with somebody who does, okay? Uh, Let them help you out because it's going to save you a lot more than what you're going to pay them. I, I I can almost guarantee that. So, But you want to get with a tax pro about your own individual situation. All of this stuff that's coming up, this is not tax advice. It's more about just trying to get a basic understanding of some taxes. And in fact, we're not going to go that in depth on what taxes are themselves. We'll do a little bit of an overview. We've done that a little more in depth before. And if you go to episode 21 in the podcast, we did go into a little more depth than that. And then I'll put a couple of links in the show notes because I've got an article from back in March that uh, really got into just how taxes really work. And so you really want to try and understand that, folks. Now, I don't know if you were one of those people who were like, I was in October a year ago, because I started thinking, oh, maybe I should start thinking about doing quarterly payments. And then you take a look and you realize, oh, wait a minute, Um, quarterly payments were due in September. Well, that doesn't sound right, does it? Because when you start thinking about it, you know, quarterly, January 15th is the last of the quarterly payments you make. And it's on the 15th and you think every quarterly payments every third month, right? So there's... February, March, April, April 15th, okay, and then May, June, July, August, September, October, and so you start thinking it's October, maybe I better have gotten something in here this quarter, right, and then you find out, oh, wait, it was September, what's up with that, and you come to find out that it was actually in April, and then you do it in June, well, wait a minute, that's only two months, and then September, and that means January is a four-month quarter, what is up with this? Okay. This is the government for you. Okay. This is taxes in the government. They, they don't even, they can't even do quarterly stuff right. Okay. And that's part of what makes taxes sometimes confusing is you just get those weird things like that. And I think that that adds a little bit to the intimidation factor when it comes to taxes. Now, I want to ask this question, are taxes all bad? So today we're, we're doing a little more of a high level overview, so we won't get as much into detail as like what we did back in episode 21. But here's one thing I want to get into is that paying taxes, there can be something good about it. Now, I don't mean that necessarily 
paying the tax is a good thing, but having to pay taxes also indicates that we actually made money. And so let's talk about how as an independent contractor, paying taxes is based on profit, not on the money that you're getting from Grubhub and Postmates and all of those others. And then we'll talk about what it means Right now, being at the end of the year, how can that impact you? Is it time to panic? And we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. So let's talk about those two profits that I mentioned at the, in the title, the tale of two profits. And again, that's profits with an F. And uh, probably, you know, when you're thinking about taxes, F, well, anyway, we'll just leave it at that. Now, here's where we get into whether Taxes are really all that bad because I differ from a lot of people because I'm going to tell you that if you've got to pay taxes as an independent contractor, that means you're making money. That means that you're making more money. And here's the thing. Too many drivers, they're really not making as much money as they think. But here's the thing that your taxes as a business owner are not based on the money you get from Grubhub or DoorDash, Postmates, or any of those gig economy companies. They're based on your profits. It's based on what's left over after your expenses. And this is one of those things that starts to get a little confusing because there's actually a difference between what's actually left over, what I call your actual profit, and your taxable profit. And those are your two profits that I'm talking about is the two profits. There's actual and taxable. Actual is what is really left over after your real expenses. Taxable profits are the profits that you pay your taxes on. And because the reason this is kind of important to talk about is we're in a rather unique situation because of the amount of driving that we do. And we can actually make some pretty good profit as far as actual profit, without actually having taxable profit. And it all comes down to that 58 cent a mile deduction that you can claim. Because we drive as many miles as we do, and for a lot of us, it's a lot of miles, our actual cost is usually a lot less because our cars usually, especially with this kind of volume, our cars usually do not cost us as much per mile to drive as at 58 cents that the IRS says that you can claim. So say somebody earns $50,000, they drive 90,000 miles. That's a lot, at least in my book. But they drive 90,000 miles to earn that $50,000. Well, what happens is their taxable profit really comes out at a loss. Because 90,000 times 58 cents comes out to more than $50,000. So as far as taxes go, you actually made a loss, but their actual car costs, let's say if their car is costing them 25 cents a mile to operate, well, their actual profit is closer to $27,500. At uh, 50, or, uh, the 90,000 miles is $22,500 in, in uh, actual expense. So they've got $27,500 left over. And that's, that's a big advantage to have that much profit and not have to pay the tax on it. But where that leaves somebody asking a question is, does that mean then that I should maybe drive some more miles to avoid taxes? No, 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 hell no. And uh, I could probably make it a lot stronger with some stronger expletives. But here's the deal. That's a common mistake that a lot of drivers make. And it's a common misconception with a lot of people. Let's look at that person who earns $50,000. They drive 90,000 miles. So they've got $27,500 left out after their 25 cent a mile expenses, okay? 
But let's say somebody made $50,000, their car cost them 25 cents a mile, and they only drove 50,000 miles instead. All right? Well, he can only claim $29,000 in mileage expense, so his taxable profit is $21,000. It's a lot higher than that zero that the other person had. That's you got to pay taxes on that $21,000. And with self-employment tax and income tax and stuff like that, generally what you can expect of a single person who they're employed, uh, they take that standard deduction, they don't have any other kind of income or credits to factor in. It's just straight up what they earn doing this. If they made $21,000 profit as an independent contractor, they're probably going to have about $3,500 to $4,000 in taxes. We won't get into all the details with that right now. Go check out those other articles that I've got linked in the show notes to, to get a better idea of how that works. But here's the deal. That's uh, $3,500 or $4,000, that's a lot of money to pay in taxes. And that's why people start thinking, well, maybe we ought to drive more so that we don't pay so much in taxes. But here is the important thing. This is incredibly important that you understand. The goal here, folks, is not about avoiding paying taxes. That is not your end goal. Your goal is to have the most money left over after your expenses and taxes. Now, if you go with that 50,000-mile driver, they had an actual cost of $12,500. That's $0.25 cents a mile. So um, so their, their money left over after that is $37,500 that's actually left over. Well, now they paid $4,000 in taxes. That leaves them with $33,500 left over. Now you compare that to that driver that had 90,000 miles and earned 50000 He only had... 27500 left over after his expenses. So driver A, they may have paid $4,000 in taxes, but they've got $6,000 more left when it's all said and done than the driver that didn't have any taxes at all. Driving more miles is always going to cost you more than what those miles would save you in taxes. You've got to understand that your car costs you a lot more than just gas. And it is rare, it is really rare when you get down to it, it gets your actual cost down to less than 25 cents a mile. Now we talk about that more in episode 18. I'll put a link in the show notes for that. And also have an article in, that I'll have a link for as well that talks about how more miles do not help your overall situation. The bottom line is your car is a freaking credit card on wheels, guys. It is, it's, it's deceptive to us because it's easy for us to think of gas as our only expense because that's the money that comes out of our pocket on a regular basis, right? But each mile that you drive gets you closer to doing more maintenance. Each mile you drive gets you closer to big ticket replacements, things like your timing belt, which can be a couple thousand dollars, things like your tires, all sorts of things like that. And each mile that you drive takes value off of your car. Run the numbers on your car with Kelly Blue Book and take your car at what the miles are right now and see what the value is of that. And then do the same comparison, but do it with 30,000 miles more. You see that difference. 
And so what happens is that when you sell or trade your car, you get less because you put so many miles on it. And so it is a cost. It is a very real cost. You just don't pay that cost for those miles until you do the repairs and the maintenance or until you trade in your car. But it's just like your car is a credit card on wheels and every mile is like adding a debt onto that. It's money that you will pay. You just pay it later. So just understand your car costs a heck of a lot of money to run, all right? Now, a lot of you are thinking with taxes that, okay, I probably won't owe that much in taxes, right? I mean, that's kind of what we're used to, especially if you come from an employment background. The reason that the taxes are a real problem for a lot of people who are independent contractors for the first time is they're used to having a paycheck where your federal withholding is taken out of your paycheck, right? And so when it comes tax time, you don't owe very much money. You might pay a little bit or you might get a refund actually because more money was taken out than what you actually end up owing. As an independent contractor though, here's the deal. Nobody's taking that money out for you. Grubhub's not taking it out or Postmates or DoorDash. That is all completely up to you. The problem with all of this is it's not just the income tax. Income tax. Generally, as a driver, what I see for most people, your income tax isn't going to be that big of an issue. It could be a thousand, couple thousand dollars, but it's not going to be a huge issue because of, especially now that we've got, we've got some good advantages as uh, being self-employed. There, there's some good breaks for uh, for drivers in that regard, and when it comes to a pretty good size nowadays, standard deduction. And then when you add that to that big difference you get between your taxable profit and your actual profit, income tax usually isn't a big issue. But here's where the problem comes in. It's self-employment tax. Now, here's, here's how taxes break down basically. Normally, you've got two types of taxes that you got to pay at the end of the year. You've got your state tax and then you got your federal income tax. As a self-employed person, there's a third type that you got to pay at the end of it. But let's talk about income tax first. Your income tax is it starts out with the, with the latest tax um, reform that was done. It's a 12% of every dollar that is earned beyond what your deductions are. So either you can itemize and claim all your deductions or you can just take a straight standard deduction. What that means is, let's say if you're a single person, you take the $12,000 standard deduction, you don't pay any federal income tax on that first $12,000. That, 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 that's what the deduction is all about. That money is tax-free. It's after the deduction is done that you start paying taxes. That $12,001, that's where your taxes come. So you're 12% on, you're zero on dollars zero through 12,000. Let's say you made $12,100. Your income tax is on that last $100, 12%, that's $12. And, and it just goes on like that. So it's after that first bit of money. That's why the income tax isn't so much. And um, then you have most states, you've got a state income tax and every state is different. And so, you know, you just need to try and kind of understand how your state works. Sometimes there's a local income tax, but then when you're self-employed, there's an, another type of tax and that is your self-employment tax. And that's the one that is a killer for independent contractors. And it, um, because we're not ready for that, we're not used to that. 
And it seems unfair at first. It's like, why do we have this extra tax that nobody else has? We don't really. What it is is really that's our version of the FICA or Medicare or FICA or Social Security and the Medicare taxes. And those are taxes that are taken out of every dollar you earn on your W-2 paycheck as an employee. You know, it, um, and you may have noticed this before when you get a paycheck that, you know, no federal money was taken out, but you still had money. You, you might have had a $50 paycheck and they still took out some money for FICA and Medicare. That's because you are taxed on every dollar for that. And that's what the self-employment tax is. Now, the one thing that is different is you pay twice as much as what comes out of your paycheck, you pay twice as much as a self-employed person because as an employee, your employer pays half of that. Well, when you're self-employed, who's the employer? You are. That, that's how they consider it. And so you get to pay both the employer and employee half. So you pay double, but that's 15% and it's 15% on every dollar that is earned. So that is really significant. And that's the thing that can really get somebody in a lot of trouble. And that's why I mentioned, you know, when I gave the example of the guy that earned $2,100 or $21,000 and he could owe as much as $3,500 or $4,000, most of that $20,000 at 15% is $3,000. And then whatever your income tax is on top of that, that can hit you and that can hit people hard because most of us don't have $3,000 lying around, right? You're probably sitting there thinking, oh, crap. So here I am getting close to the year, end of the year, I haven't saved anything. Am I screwed? I'd say, no, you're not, but it is a good time to start buckling down. It is a good time to start paying attention because you've still got six months before you have to file. And so you want to really make sure you're getting on top of this deal, okay? You want to make sure that you know what you got to pay. You need to start getting ready if you haven't been getting ready so far. And that's why it was so important to, in my mind, Go ahead and record this this week to get you thinking about that. Now, if you're doing this work very part-time and you've got other income, it's probably not going to hit you as hard. If you've only recently started driving significantly, you're still probably in pretty good shape and you've got plenty of time. You're not going to be in any kind of trouble with it. But if you've been driving full-time all year, you're making decent money, Guys, you really want to start scraping some money away because, there, folks, there's, there's just so many factors. I couldn't tell you what your income tax is going to be. And this is why I say you want to get a tax pro because there are so many different things between other income that you have, income from your partner if you're filing joint, or you know, there's head of household stuff, there are dependents, there's earned income credits, there's dependent credits, there's all sorts of things that are going to go into what makes a difference for you. I couldn't begin to tell you what your tax is going to be. And, and let me just say this real quick, because that makes me think of one piece of advice, and that is never, 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 ever, ever, never, ever, ever, and I could do a thousand nevers and nevers and not say it strongly enough. Do not take advice on a Facebook group, okay? I don't know how many people, and that's one of the reasons that prompted me to doing this. I don't know how many people that I see, it's like an almost daily occurrence on some forum or something, and they're saying, oh, hey, I just started. How much do I, how much am I going to end up having to owe in taxes? And it's like, um, we have no idea. We don't know how much money you're making. We don't know how many miles you're driving. We don't know any of the situations as far as 
you know, are you going to file single? Are you going to uh, be joint? Are you, is there other income to take into? Yeah, there's so many things that I couldn't begin to tell you. You've got to get with somebody that can help you understand your individual circumstances. And I will tell you, a Facebook group is never the place that you can get that kind of advice, okay? So there's a good chance you could end up owing a lot of money. What can you do to get ready for those taxes? Number one thing that I would tell you is do not panic, okay? Worst case scenario is you've still got six months before you've got a file. And if you haven't been prepping up until now, okay, you're, if you've been driving for a long time this year and you haven't been prepping, you've got a lot of catching up to do, but you've got time to catch up. So don't worry yet, but you do need to start paying attention because that time's going to run out fast. I mean, who would think that we're already in the middle of October? Well, if if it still seems like it should be just the beginning of the year and it's already October, look how fast April 15th is going to get here, okay? Be ready for it, but you don't have to panic yet. You've got time, okay? Second thing, get a handle on your expenses. You need to know what your expenses are. You need to be tracking it because if you claim your expenses, that means you don't have as much to pay in taxes, right? And because it is all based on your taxable profit. When you're self-employed, Here's one thing that you really need to know, because this is another common misconception. You do not need to itemize your taxes to claim your business expenses. That's because your business expenses are claimed on a Schedule C, which is part of your income reporting. They are not part of your itemized deductions. You can take a standard deduction and claim your expenses. A lot of people do not understand that, but and, and a lot of people don't track their expenses just because they think, you know what, I don't have a mortgage. I don't have anything that I can itemize. It's not going to do me any good, so I'm not even going to bother. Why waste the time? Well, you just wasted a lot of money. So understand that. Track every expense. And more than anything, because the huge portion of what your expenses are is your car expenses. And this gets back to that $0.58 cents a mile. Now, you've got a choice. You can... You can track all of your actual expenses on your car. And then let's say if you drive your car 80% of the time for business, then you can track 80% of that act. You can claim 80% of that actual amount. So you can do the actual expense method or you can claim the per mile method. With the volume of miles we drive, it's really rare for your per mile to be more than 58 cents. It's good for you to know what that actual amount is for a lot of other reasons especially to understand your actual profit, but more than likely you're going to claim that 58 cents a mile and you want to track every mile that you drive. Start tracking it and you want to keep a record, okay? If you have not been keeping a record, God have mercy on your soul because here's the problem is the IRS, if you get into an audit, is generally not going to let an estimate stand up. I've heard of some people that sometimes have had that happen, but more often than not, if you don't have a real specific record of your miles and how those miles were done, they're not going to allow you to claim the miles at all. They won't even let you claim a portion of them. They'll just throw out the whole thing and you've got to pay taxes on the whole piece. So you don't want to get yourself into that kind of a situation. You want to track every mile that you drive. Now, the IRS requires four things on your records. The number of miles for your business trip, 
the date of the business trip. That means you want to have a daily record where you went for the business trip and the business purpose of your trip. And uh, you can you can do this through a written record where you keep a notebook or um, something where you keep a written record of your, and usually most people will write their odometer readings because that's a good way to get that. When they start delivering, they, they mark the start. When they stop, then they mark the end, and that's your total miles, and they make a note of what they drove for. They put the date down for that and you know where they went, why they went there, and that meets that requirement. Now, a lot of people will use the GPS apps like Stride or Everlance. QuickBooks has something, and there's there's a whole bunch of others out there. And those can be good as well. Uh, I've heard that they're not always as good in an audit, but I don't know that for sure. So I can't tell you one way or the other. I actually do both. And one uh, kind of the GPS is more of a backup to the written part. But you want to track every mile. And the miles that you can track are more than just the time that you've got food in the car. Do not rely on the record from Uber Eats or anybody like that telling you how many miles you drove because those do not meet those requirements from the IRS. Those do not give you those details and the IRS will not allow those things. Okay. If you get into an audit, the IRS will not allow those as a record. And that means you don't get to claim any miles at all. So you keep the record, do not rely on somebody else's record, and you can record every mile that you are logged into the app with the intent of delivering. So that can mean miles on the way to the restaurant. That can mean the miles when you're maybe heading back to a busy spot. Pretty much from the moment you log in to the moment you drop off. And uh, I'll have show notes or I'll have links in the show notes that get into articles that get into a little more detail about what you can claim for miles. Gotta track your expenses. There's other expenses that you're going to have as well. They're really, really small compared to that. It's it's kind of like a, a fraction of a fraction of what your mileage expense will be. But things like your cell phone. And it's a, your cell phone, you can claim it based on basically about what percentage of your use is for business. If it's only a fourth of your use is business, then you can claim about a fourth, you can claim a fourth of your cell phone expenses. And, uh, but things like if you've got to buy delivery bags, a cell phone holder, different things that allow you to do your job. And here's my advice on all of your expenses. Even if you don't know if you can claim it, track it anyway. Keep a record of it. Get the receipts because when it comes time to file and you get down with your tax pro, it's better to have that information for them and then for them to say, yeah, you know what? You can't really claim that. Okay, but you've got the information. It's better to have that happen than to get there and then your tax pro is asking, well, what about this? And you say, well, yeah, I did that, but I didn't keep a record of it. Too bad. You can't claim it that way. You see what I'm talking about here? Track it. If in doubt, track it because your time to worry about whether or not that is the appropriate thing to track is more when you're doing your filing, not when you're keeping your record. So keep a track of every expense because that keeps your taxes down. Now, here's the other thing I would tell you is don't overdo it though. Don't go overboard because here's the thing to keep in mind. The IRS knows patterns of what kind of expenses are normal for different kinds of businesses. Something that is way outside of a pattern can trigger a flag in their algorithm that says, hey, you might check this person out because they're claiming some things that are really unusual for doing delivery work like this. You know, so things like 
there's a lot of people I hear, you know, see, and that's why I say never do Facebook because I'll see people give out advice on there. Oh yeah, claim your meals because it's a business trip, right? It's not, okay? It is not. It's just, it isn't. Don't go overboard. Don't go claiming things that you're not allowed to claim because that can trigger a flag that the within the IRS computer algorithm that says, oh, this is outside of the norm. You might want to check this and make sure that this is a legitimate. And then they can manually try and confirm, and that's what you call an audit. Now, some people will talk about things like a home office deduction. I'd be careful there because this kind of work really, I'm not sure it justifies using one. But um, if you're doing other kinds of work like home office type things, then you can claim some stuff like that. But the main thing is, like I said, if you're not sure, track it and you can worry about it later when you file. Now, the third thing that I would tell you to do is try and estimate your taxes now. It's October as I'm doing this. You got 10 months already in the books. You've got a pretty good idea, I'm pretty sure, of what October, November, December are going to bring you as far as earnings. You should have a pretty good idea of what your income for the total year will be. Run the numbers now. Run the taxes now. Get an idea of what that's going to be. It's not going to be exact. Don't worry about that. It's not about being exact. It's about getting an idea of what you are going to owe. Now, what do you have? What is that going to mean? Do you have that money right now? Are you going to need to start saving that money? Then start saving it. You see what I'm saying? Get an idea. Try and run those taxes. Get you know, Even if it's a last year's tax program, it's not going to vary dramatically. You know, go ahead and run the numbers with the last year's tax program if that's all you've got, if you've got TurboTax or whatever, and get an idea of what your taxes will be. And that will help you prepare for what you've got to have in hand when you file taxes. Now, you want to get into a habit of savings. And this is the fourth thing. This is what I recommend is create a separate account, a savings account, whatever, but put it somewhere where it's hard to get a hold of it. You know, it's not something that you can just transfer into your checking account real easily in case you need money. You want to make it hard to touch. And before you touch a penny of anything that you receive for the week, you set aside your tax money for that week. Now, what I do is I calculate my taxable profit for each week. So I take all the money that I've had come in and then I deduct 58 cents a mile for every business mile that I've driven. And that's my taxable profit. And then I will save 20% of that taxable profit. I put that into that extra account there. And so here's an example. Say if you made $1,000 in the week, you drove 1,000 miles, means you got $420 in taxable income. 20% of that is $84, and that's what you save for the week. So if you're doing that, um, and you do that on a weekly basis, you're going to be in good shape. Now, if you're doing this for over a year's time, what you want to do is you want to start sending that money in on a quarterly basis. And that's where you hear people talk about quarterly payments. And so one thing you want to do is if you're starting right now is start scraping that together. And then on January 15th, whatever you have saved up, you're going to send that in as a quarterly payment. And that basically has money that you've paid in and it works just like a withholding. But get into that routine of savings and save that money and put it where you can't do anything with it. Folks, the bottom line on the bottom line is 
It's all about what's left over. So don't get psyched out about owing taxes. Don't get freaked out that, oh man, I'm going to have to pay money. And don't be stupid about this, okay? Seriously, let's say you are in the 12% tax bracket and every dollar you spend, you know, you got 12% income, 15 for uh, self-employment tax. Every dollar of expense is only taking 27 cents off of your tax bill. So it would be stupid to go out and spend a dollar to save 27 cents. You see what I mean? So don't go spending extra. Don't go driving extra to try and avoid paying taxes. You're better off with 73% of all of that money than nothing of less money. You see what I'm saying there? It is all about what you've got left over. Keep your expenses down. And uh, because that means more profit, that means more actual profit for you. Even if it means it's taxable profit, even if it means you do have to pay taxes because you're still better off. It's all about, like I said before, it's about what's left over after your taxes and your expenses. Do not spend money to keep your taxes down because you've just got less money when it's all said and done. Know those two profits, your actual and your taxable. Know what you're going to be looking at in April. You can start figuring that out now and start being ready for that because you've got time. And then when you've done all of that, that gets you into a pattern that you don't have to do any catch up next year, that you're already, you're in a pattern that you're going to be taking care of yourself and and tax time won't be a worry for the 2020 season. Courier Nation, I want to ask you a question real quick. Is the information that you're getting from the podcast, from the website, any of the stuff that we're doing helpful to you? Because if it is, please spread the news, would you? Let people know about us because if you can leave reviews for the podcast, if you can share us on social media, that helps us get found. And if we can be found, well, if we're helping you, then hopefully that means we can help other people as well. Now, you can find out more information, ideas, things like that over at entrecourier.com. You can go check us out at any of the places where you can get your podcasts and listen to older episodes. And folks, one last thing that I want to leave with you, one last thing that I want to beg of you actually is, please go out there. Take control of your life, your money, all of that. You can be the one in control. Take control. Go and be the boss. Oh, 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 oh,